0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Carp Angler Chronicles podcast, bit of a special one for you today. We've been very kindly asked by Dom from the Spodcast to come onto his show and talk about our past angling experiences, as well as what we plan to do once this lockdown period is over. So without further ado, we will pop into Dom's podcast.
1: today we've got the carp angler chronicles so we've got sam and pete welcome aboard guys
0: cheers Thanks, dom. thank you
1: very much for having us where should we start
0: dom is this is this your first uh, first threesome on your podcast it certainly is, it is. yeah yeah honoured we're yeah. honoured don't turn don't the misses no no we won't we won't we'll keep it between us <laughs> <laughs>
1: right i'll tell you what sam if you give us an intro into you first who you are and a bit about the podcast and then we can ask the same to Pete.
0: yeah absolutely so i mean appreciate uh, a lot of dom's listeners probably don't know who we are we recently uh started up a podcast called carp angler chronicles um not taking it too seriously it's basically me and pete having some carpy chats um and we started that around about november last year um, which is 2019 and uh and that's where we're at now. And and that's how we got to talk to Dom. In terms of me myself, um, I've been, as many of us have, angler since I was very little. Um, you know, ca- catching the little ones and then finally kind of worked my way up um to carp, which I appreciate most most of the listeners are gonna be carp anglers. Um, when I was eighteen, I believe. Um, okay. which was eighteen years ago actually um down in cornwall so i wasn't blessed <laughs> with the best carp angling going um but nonetheless absolutely mad keen and cornwall i mean it has got its own kind of uniqueness to it um there's obviously the, there's no circuit waters so to speak down there that there's not that many big carp whatsoever um kind of like a a 30 in cornwall is the same as a upper 40 or or you know probably more than that um in the rest of the country or certainly in the middle of the country. Um so big fish angling wasn't, you know, rife in Cornwall. But what Cornwall does offer is some kind of big, untapped waters. Um, which is where, you know, after a few years, well quite a few years of carp angling, that's kind of where I saw myself gravitating towards. Um with Pete as well, um, who's the other half of our podcast, did a lot of our angling together. I got Pete into to fishing. Um he was into other course fishing before. And uh yeah, I moved moved up to the Cotswolds um six years ago. And uh and obviously now I'm sort of basking in <laughs> the luxury of being in an area where there's actually quite a few big fish and there's a, a lot of very nice water to go at. Um so yeah that, that kind of brings me up to present day.
2: Cool. Pete, same to you mate. Yeah so I mean Sam sort of a uh, covered all the podcast side of things, um. So we we started it up, um. Mainly as a way to get we don't we, we've not been doing a both of us for different reasons haven't been doing a lot of fishing. So I guess it was a way for us to get a bit of a fishing fix. We could um talk about it and just put it out there for the for general public. Um, my fishing background is yeah, growing up in Cornwall. Um, did a lot of sort of um sea fishing, a lot of bass fishing, spinning for bass. Um, and fly fishing as well. So my dad's a keen fly angler, um, and then it wasn't until sort of uh, my late teens uh, I met Sam. We used to work together at a holiday park, uh, and they had some some carp in the lakes there. And sort of Sam sort of got me the the carp bug from there, really. And I've been a yeah carp fisherman ever since.
1: Brilliant. So in terms of waters for you then, Pete, are you on the big reses down there still, or?
2: No, not, not so much. So um, I've had three three children in the last five, six years. Uh, so my fishing has been sort of limited. So uh, where mm-hmm. I've been getting out, I've been fishing a few sort of day tickets. Um, and this year I've joined, rejoined uh, an angling club I was a member of. So they've got uh, a couple of cracking waters. Uh, so that's sort of uh, got my interest at the moment. Right, okay. So
1: in terms of obviously where we are at the moment, we're in the middle of this lockdown. What do both of you do in terms of a day job or a business? So, Sam, if you
0: answer first, just to sort of give the, the listeners an idea, mm, just just make dreams come true, basically. Um, <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, so I own a, a a gym. It's more of a fitness studio, really, um, because it's more of a rather than just like people walking in and doing their own thing. It's it's more of a structured environment where um, our clients go through, you know, structured programs. Um, so I own that obviously that's not open at the minute or, oh, you know, Corona lockdown, et cetera. Um, in addition to that, I've also got a, a remote consultancy based business where basically I consult with my uh, clients on slightly, uh, more in depth health issues. Um, we do a lot of, um, DNA, um, work and lots of different self quantification just to basically help people be a lot fitter, healthier, um, on a, on more of a biological level. Um, so that business hasn't been affected um, by the whole COVID-19, Corona thing, um, which is great. Obviously, my my studio has. Um, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, to be honest with you, I think what will actually be the biggest impact for us business owners, Dom, I know you're, you're in a business as well. I, I think it's less so much this, this loss of some business up front. I think it's more the economic impact long term um yeah. i know you're you're in the uh, the the heating game dom so i mean if you need a new boiler or whatever it is you need a new one so i imagine you you're somewhat recession proof um but i think for a, yeah. a lot of people and a lot of businesses that it, it's actually the the economic downturn that that'll be the real kind of sledgehammer to them so uh, so yeah i'm i'm just uh, protecting about that reading ahead and and uh, making the best choices i can basically
1: yeah i suppose obviously with it being remote i'd imagine have you seen sort of an upturn on that side or or is it a case of people being careful and only spending on essentials uh,
0: hmm. yeah it, it is it, it it's uh, it, it would take me a while to get into it so so my market my yeah. niche t- uh tends to be um i mean look don't get me wrong i, I have clients from all walks of life but a lot of it is more kind of entrepreneurial people um that just want to be a little bit more optimized we would say um because obviously you know if you're on top of your health you're feeling on top of the world every day your, your work performance is going to reflect that you're going to be in a growth mindset da 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 so Yes and yes and no. Some people I've spoke. I'm, I mean, I've still been, you know, bringing on clients. Some of them, of course, are concerned about the uh, the, the the coronavirus and and the, the the monetary side of things. Other people are seeing this as an in, uh, as an uh, opportunity. I mean, if you if you look at Apple's growth, like when they really took off was during two late two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. That is when the the, right. the the last major recession was prevalent um uh, and the the same as uh hermes the the luxury brand there, there's been quite a few brands that actually excel in in times of um in, in times of financial desperation um so mm-hmm. it, it's yeah, yeah it, it's like where do you want your focus to go and, and i guess i mean we're going off on match, massive tangents here but i would urge everyone like sure. listening to this podcast like you, you maybe you're employed right now, maybe maybe you're self-employed, but you know, whatever it is, if you're focusing on the lack and how hard it is, you're generally just gonna get more of that. Right. Look at the opportunity. Mm-hmm. F- think about what you can do. You know, if, if this is screwed your finances up a little bit, okay, maybe that's an indicator that, that your finances aren't super watertight. So maybe you should be looking at that. You know, what I'm trying to say is use it as an opportunity, get some benefit out of it, um, if nothing more than just to kind of shake yourself up and, and push yourself to achieve better things. Uh, that would be my Great. advice.
2: Yeah, that's a brilliant answer, mate. Hey, Pete, what about you? What do you do? Um, so I sort of I'm the manager um and a director of uh Leisure Centre. Um so it's a Leisure Centre in, in North Cornwall, um out in the sticks, up on the moors in the middle of nowhere, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. and we were the first uh, sort of council ran facility that got closed. Um this is seven or eight eight years ago nearly now. Um with all the austerity all right. cuts uh with government, so we're completely sort of non profit um business um literally what sort of um money we get over the till and uh memberships um pay the staff and keep the place going so we've got a really small team of staff, we've got a lot of uh volunteers um who we rely on uh from the local community to keep the place open and running um and yeah, and that's it uh covid wise i am um, actually just gone on furlough at the moment, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not supposed to be working for the business, but I am doing so on a voluntary basis. Um, we've got a, a swimming pool and things, so uh, I'm going in, keeping the plant room sort of ticking over and stuff, so I'm popping in sort of um, just once a week, I've got another colleague doing the same, um, and I'm just doing a number of sort of membership queries, keeping social media alive, that sort of thing. Um just keeping us ticking over until we sort of get out of it and go from there. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that's me. Um.
1: Cool. Okay. Right. So I wanted to get all the COVID stuff out of the way, so that's done. Let's move on to angling because that's um, what everyone wants to talk about. Mm. Where are you guys both fishing in the So If I just do it, asking Sam and Pete just to keep a sort of, you know, a bit of um, a format there. Mm. So Sam, where are you angling at talk in the minute? Well, obviously, pre-lockdown were you
0: yeah yeah absolutely um so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna annoy you, you, our guests right now I, I can't name the places or more to the point i don't want to name the places um but yes so i've i've got um up until lockdown i've been baiting up a um a, a private water it's around about 20 acres um and there's about there's 22 carp in it um, it's a real nice carp in there um planned to do a little bit um, in there, there's there's one or two that I would quite like to have out. Had quite a good result on there last year. Um, there's a couple left. I'm kind of passively uh, angling that place, I guess you'd say. Um, but my real water for this year um, is going to be a, a a big pit um, here in the Cotswolds. And uh, yeah, I, I've I've yet to start. I've I've been there a little bit. I've been you know plotting out some swims, doing some marker work. But I haven't actually got my teeth into it. I I literally got my ticket. I think it was two weeks before lockdown happened. Um, so same. yeah, same for you, is it? Where, where were you going? Yeah, exactly the same, mate. Um, yeah, a big a big Cotswold
1: pit. Uh, I think it, yeah. I think
0: we spoke about it before. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So I got I think one session in, mm. and then it closed. closed.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, what about you, Pete? um so yeah so i'm i'm fishing a, a local club uh so the water i'm focusing on uh i guess like you guys is um a, a, a no publicity uh sort of ruling i think the, the uh, exact term if you want to publicize a catch has to be from a southwest stillwater um but <laughs> yeah um frustratingly like you guys i just sort of um got my teeth into it uh, i've been down I've been going down probably three or four times a week, baiting up a few spots. Um, I don't know a great deal about the lake. Um, I know I was a member of the club before and you were, Sam, um, like the topography, uh, so the, the, the bottom of the lake is up and down. If you turned an egg box upside down, it's that old cliche. Uh, it's definitely that. So I found a few spots. Uh, I've baited it up. I've done two sort of overnighters and I've managed on my first night to, to fluke one out. Um, yeah, and now we've been sort of uh, thrown into lockdown. So it's a tough one to take, isn't it? I mean, for carp anglers to be not be able to go out on the bank at this time of year, we've got the it's sun yeah. out, spring is in sort of full flow. I was saying to Sam about the blossom on Blackthorn um, on my walks recently. Um, yes, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think we're all struggling.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you sort of gear up for it, don't you? That all springs on its way, rubbing your hands together. Set, I mean, I did a bit in the winter. It was on Christchurch, so when you couldn't use zigs. Obviously, then they would let you use zigs for a short period, and I had one. Um, but it was that, that vibe. The birds are singing, the days start to draw out a little bit, and you think, here we go, not long now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then
1: wallop, have some of that. <laughs>
2: that's it that's that's the killer isn't it because the the clocks have changed now um so we've got the light evenings um and for me so a lot of my fishing uh to 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 chime in with sort of family life and i think a lot of guys listening to this will probably resonate with it as well um I, i pick a night of the week and i finish work and i boot it down to the lake um do my overnighter pack up in the morning i then take the kids to school and straight back to work again uh, so my time on the bank's limited. Yeah. So now the um, the evenings are drawn out and light. It's yeah, it's gutting. Yeah, because it's it's so nice being able to get your rods out
1: in the light, isn't it? I'm to do it in the dark.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean you can be organised and sort of have them clipped up when you leave for the next time um, you arrive and things, but you can certainly make your life easier if you're, you're sort of setting up in the dark. But there's nothing nothing like okay, a yeah. spring or summer's evening.
1: Do you find as well, Pete, that that makes you a bit of a better angler when you've got only that limited time to get out and fish? Do you find you're sort of a bit more on it?
2: I think so, yeah, Uh, especially at the moment because I've been able to dedicate a bit of time to walking around the lake, as I say, and I've been sort of baiting some spots. Um, I think so, Um, and a big thing for me as well is um, trying to travel light, and I think because I do such short sessions, I'm always inclined to sort of travel light, and I think that sort of... um, it declutters your brain as well as your tackle box if that makes any sense um,
1: yeah no definitely that's um something that i always do because things tend to creep back in don't they into your bag an extra tub of pop-ups or a few extra leads mm-hmm. and then a few sessions like that and then you're back to where you started it's, yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's literally amazing what you can gather yeah no it's just being on it i think when I was doing the the work overnight, I would get the rods out and then you know, almost pack down as much as you can before you
2: go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So it just takes the edge off, doesn't it? That's it, yeah. I'll tell you what I find the most frustrating thing about fishing uh, in this fashion, and it, it's not a biggie at all, Um, but it's just really, especially in the winter, is you can just never dry your bivvy out. And it absolutely yeah. does my head in, because then I'll spend the rest of the week sort of, <laughs> putting it up in the um outside as soon as there's (laughs) any dry weather or up in the garage i've been doing um up in the loft sorry yeah
1: yeah yeah i've um got mice in my garage so most of my kit stays in the van wherever possible um because you know what damage they do Mm -hmm. yes yeah have you do you want i think you got a a few questions in your
2: topics on instagram do you want to go over those um Next. so Sam had the instagram ones um there right. was there was something which I sort of was sort of um saw um on one of the facebook groups I can 't remember which one it might have been mm-hmm. totally carp or something like that um yeah. and it was um regarding about fish behavior um and sort of um the lakes being pressured um mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden we've got a number of weeks, I mean we don't know how long this period's going to go on for um, and it was just a discussion about sort of fish behaviour uh, on pressured waters um, and how much their behaviours like to change um, if we've got, got say eight weeks of no fishing um, and how, how their behaviours like to change and will it make them easier to catch um, Yeah that's a really good one because
1: using Christchurch as an example um, the regulars always said that it it fished a lot better when there were several people on. If it was quiet or just one or two of you, it was a lot harder. But when there was, wow. say, sort of eight plus people on, it would tend to fish better because it just kept the fish moving around. And they tend to sort of, I've said it before in a previous episode, that they just don't seem to follow the rules in there. They're very, I think, because they're so old and it's not a particularly big lake, they're, you know, they just behave. They sort of react to the pressure as opposed to the uh, weather conditions. Mm.
2: How how are people fishing for them there? Are they, are they putting in a lot of bait? Is it zigs? What other sort of... <laughs>
1: um, when, when zigs were allowed, obviously they allowed zigs for a short time and then banned them again, but they would get clobbered on zigs. Mm. Zigs and maggots, they would, yeah. So when they got banned, obviously in the colder weather, it was a struggle. In the warmer weather... Um, i don't I think the regulars would never really fish over massive amounts of bait. It would be you know just a handful or little traps in the edge um certain swims seem to sort of do the better fish, but they love a floater on there as well. All the big fish tend to come out on a floater okay. at the right time of year
2: yeah because um, my sort of take on this with with the pressured fish is it's going to sort of come down to bait. I think a lot of these uh these lakes the, the fish aren't going to be fed um and they're not going to get that angler's bait especially sort of high high stock lakes Uh, so you're sort of like your go-to day ticket tight waters uh so my 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 thoughts are like in a a general sense i think the fishing is going to be pretty prolific um when we're all allowed back on the lakes i think the fish are going to get a load of bait going um and i think they're gonna they're gonna be on their munch they're gonna get their heads down
1: yeah Um,
2: no definitely i um Actually, he was
1: a previous guest of the, the podcast and Ben Pinager. he runs BP Millin, so he does a lot of um, fish feeds and he's still open because he basically does it on his parents' farm. So, you know, it's just him in the in the factory and he's still got loads of orders going out where fishery owners are sort of subsidizing Angus Bait, okay. if you like, with his feed. Um but yeah, I think you're right Pete. What do you think on that sam in terms of uh, fish behavior?
0: Yeah, I I think it depends on the venue. Um to be honest with you, I think you're you're absolutely right. Some some venues are definitely going to go like that. Um I think you know on on the type of venue where there's less natural food, maybe the more commercial side of things, um and where the fish are maybe more reliant upon anglers bait, obviously they they're, they're going to fish very well because there's I mean the fish are waking up now. Uh, hate that phrase but but it makes sense to everyone so i use it they're going to be very hungry for 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 the angler's food right that you know high protein uh, and and fat source i think there's there's other venues that maybe getting the the fish on not only your bait but the angler's bait you know boilies particles i think some of those waters are actually reliant upon this time of year the the so-called waking up phase for them to actually get on that bait if that makes sense and I think some waters actually, it could be a total flip and they could fish a little bit slower as a result, depending on how long this goes on for. We've all heard of waters where the the fish just get kind of so-called preoccupied on on naturals. Um, and I think that, you know, is a potential risk for some waters. I say risk. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think if you're thinking outside the box, um, and you're a bit you know clued up on attraction, then that could actually work well for you, um believe it or not but uh yeah i I guess my answer is it depends it could go either way, it depends on the water um yeah. if that makes sense, and how hungry that water is it's a big mm-hmm. thing,
1: yeah, no, definitely, I mean, I think somewhere like uh I had rich will be on as a guest a few episodes ago, um his legs I think they're sort of um the fish rely heavily on naturals mm. in there, so they don't particularly need angler's bait. So, and I think you're right, it, it depends completely on the type of water. Obviously, you touched then, Sam, on attraction. Mm. You're quite clued up on the liquid side of things. Do you want to talk a bit about that? I know you keep quite a bit of it under your hat. Is there anything you can talk about?
0: Yeah, for the side? of course I can, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do keep quite a bit under my hat. That's purely because um I don't want to, You know, I don't want to go on to a venue, um, and then obviously people know. Oh, it's that guy from the, you know, from the Carpangler Chronicles, and he's doing X, Y, and Z, and he's having a good result. You know, Uh, maybe it won't happen like that. Maybe I won't have a good result, (laughs) but I'm planning on having a good result, so I don't want to kind of throw it all out there, so to speak. Um, But just to, I mean, I guess you're asking what I meant by it can work in your favor. Look at, you got to look at it, right? the fish are getting preoccupied on natural food. Okay, well, that's kind of, that's summarizing that they aren't taking anglers bait. Okay, so what kind of bait are you putting in? You know, can you somewhat replicate the natural food they're eating on? Or can you even go a step further and look at why is it that they're preoccupied on that natural food? There's a reason for that, right? Now, obviously, if you're you're giving them, uh, you know, like an old, old school fifty fifty soy mo boily with some flavor of course they they 're not going to be too enamored with your bait, but let 's say your bait is actually you know supposedly good it 's got you know just a general good let 's say fish meal it 's got pre digestive um, fish meals in there l t ninety four some good components it 's generally a good bait why aren 't they eating it well generally what you 'll find these are survival animals remember it 's because they don 't need to they have an abundance of natural food. Maybe it's the signals that that natural food is giving out, or maybe it's that they're just, they know they don't get caught on it, or maybe it's a bit of mix of both. So how can you, you know, replicate that, give them something that they aren't used to getting caught on, and it replicates the natural food signals that, 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 that their food source is giving out. So I guess the first step in that would be like, let's figure out what it is they're so-called preoccupied on. Okay, and by the way, you can often skip this step by just getting a good soluble bait going. So, say you're using a great bait. Um, I don't know what what boilies do you use, uh, Dom? I use bait. Bait works. Bait works. Pretty good bait, I think. Right. Um. So you, let let's say you're using one of the bait works baits. You're putting those in. It's not quite working for you. Maybe if you add a liquid to that, which is going to have, amongst other things, um, uh, freeform amino acids that are flowing out, you know, very readily, literally, that might be all it takes to trigger a bite. Now, be mindful of which liquid you use. Uh, I actually like a mix of liquids. If you use, what you'll find is if you just use one liquid, um, such as, you can't get it anymore, but L- L030. Uh, uh, or what's a, a new one like a, if you have a krill hydrolislet if you just use that on its own that tends to blow after a period of time if you mix it it's much better but nonetheless you, you get a good liquid add it to the boilies So obviously you've got that different element of attraction oftentimes that's enough sometimes that's just not too much okay so take it a step further get some very small baits uh maybe they're feeding on zebra mussels get something very very small like that still stick with the liquid get those aminos going if that isn't working then maybe you need to step it up a a further notch maybe you actually need to use you know you keep going on and on and on and maybe you get to a place where actually shit i need to use exactly what it is they're preoccupied on you know Hmm. whether that's uh, zebra muscles or whether it's um that the, if it's a specific time of the year and the crayfish are shedding their shells they're very vulnerable maybe you need to you know rig up a, a, a crayfish uh, some crayfish meat and get a, a get a bite like that um, I guess what I'm saying is think outside the box look at what it is they're feeding on then look at why they're feeding on it uh, and try and overcome those obstacles in a logical manner and generally you can do um,
1: yeah so I, there's, you just have to take into consideration the time of year and what's happening what's naturally happening out in front of you I suppose
0: hundred percent and you can yeah and I I, mean, I don't know how like in the weeds we want to get here you can get you can get really um involved with different organic acids organic compounds and present something that they're not used to seeing now they might you know register these organic compounds um, tmo is something that me and Pete spoke about on our last podcast they might register that to a degree in the natural food they feed on they might have it as an element of a pre-made bait if you've put together a very good bait what about having just that as the main attractor something like that is totally different for the carp and something that it's not necessarily mimicking what they're eating naturally but it's so far away from what they are seeing normally that generally that they in my experience at least they'll often take a punt and try it i mean they don't have hands they have mouths to experiment with things they suck things in we've all seen this if we've studied carp in detail they'll suck things in move them around their mouth and spit them out just purely out of interest now if you've got a good functional rig um that, that's all you need to do um that's all you need to happen sorry so uh yeah i guess what i'm saying yeah absolutely look at what's going on out in the water in front of you uh, act accordingly but also don't be afraid to go, you know, real kind of left field and just try something completely out of the box. Um, you know, it, you'd never know. It just might make your, your season epic.
1: Yeah, no, I've seen, I think it, it was Mark Bryant actually from Baitworks that I included that in one of his videos where he was collecting all the zebra mussels from the margin, ah. crunching
0: them up into his spod mix and then um, spotting them out. Absolutely. And how many people do that? yeah probably i I mean i don't know where he did it um but how many people on that water do that probably not many um Mm. so yeah absolutely and as well as that you've got the crunch factor um which Mm. you know if you've sound travels differently underwater everything is mag it's it's kind of magnified but muffled it's incredible um but (laughs) but the you know The the carp crushing down those showers uh, in their pharyngeal teeth, that echoes, that's going to bring in more carp and not so much bringing in more carp. Let's say they move around in pods it's that sound almost can spur on in my opinion, anyway, I might be wrong, but I think that noise can spur on further feeding because It's like, okay, well everyone's feeding here. It's, it's amping that up. You know, it's that, that whole uh, survival thing where they want to consume the food. It's prevalent. It's obvious to them that there's other carp in the vicinity consuming that food. And it kind of, I think puts their guard down and makes them feed with a bit more gusto.
1: Yeah. I think it was Simon Scott. I heard say something very similar. Um, it's it's very loud underwater and exactly that it's almost like their dinner bow. you think if if one's crunching, they've obviously found something we're going to investigate. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even if you, if you just duck under in the pool, right. And, and let's say your missus or someone is walking up to you or, or whatever. Look, obviously this won't work in a busy pool. Because you'll just hear a load of kids screaming, but you can, you, that's a good test. You, you'll hear things, um, really in a different way. Um, yeah same as being bankside i think deep bassy voices they they can detect so like i i haven't got a light voice i haven't got a deep voice but i would i would talk quietly I'd, I'd kind of whisper if i was on the bank next to someone um because i think they can detect that but even more than that i think just the movement of a foot if you think that that bank that is that is adjoining the water the movement of that is just is just transferred so readily available to them um so yeah i guess that leads us on to careful foot placement on the bank particularly when you're on a snag tree or something like that um yeah, yeah it's all it's all worth yeah and obviously the
1: the shadows and things as well you know they're used to yeah. seeing that uh that tree line that skyline look the same if they see something out of place it's not normally there they're going to be alert aren't
0: they absolutely yeah it 100 percent, it, yeah and uh, like we've all been up a tree and uh we, we've perhaps seen them from the bank and we've been back and we've seen them doing a certain pattern of movement we'll go up the tree we won't make a sound or at least in our heads we won't make a sound but just us being up there like they will be different they will move out they'll be on air et- you know i think Probably a lot of us have seen that, and it's like, well, why? I, and again, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Dom. It's like that, that, um, that tree line, that, that line of vision, like they'll know when it's out or when it's soon changed. They seem to be very, very tuned into that. And I guess that's a evolution point of point kind of thing because predators, where do they come from? Otters, <laughs> they come from up above, don't they? Uh, you yeah. know, obviously they, they swim up behind the carp to grab them, but. Generally, they come from up above. So, yeah, the fish are very, very tuned into not only the, you know, what we would call as sound, but also the visual aspect of things as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. On that note, are you both, I'll ask you in sort of sound first, MP, are you both fans of stalking? Would you rather have one out the edge over a sort of carefully laid trap? Or would oh, you rather fish at
0: range? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, my thing is I want to, f- find the fish and i want to catch them like that i'm 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 a i'm a peculiar human (laughs) like if i just say if i just you know you know set the trap so to speak pop a load of bait out and if i just sat on that for 48 hours and then i had one me personally i'm not knocking this and this isn't rational thought process i wouldn't feel like i've caught that because what work have i done really okay, I've got a decent rig on. Well, look, you know, everyone's got decent rigs these days compared to what it was like, you know, back in the day, right? So there's no real talent there. Baiting up, okay, well, yeah, I guess you've, you've got, you know, your baiting pattern. Whatever. Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? There's, there's not that much skill to it, whereas, like, finding the, not hunted. no, finding the fish, and then even a step further than that, picking out that fish that you want—that's the one I want. Okay, it, it, there's something magic about that. Um, so yeah, for me, if I could stalk, you know, all all of my uh, fish, I'd be a very very happy boy. Don't get me wrong; I'll put I'll bait and wait. Of course I will. I'm not stupid. And look, and in the same respect, I'm not poo pooing that. You know, you you figure out things. You figure out the movement of carp, where they move around the lake, and then you bait up in anticipation. I'm not saying there isn't skill in that. I'm just trying to give you two polar opposites. Um yeah. Absolutely. My preference is to stalk them for sure.
2: Yeah. Nice. Pete, what about you? Uh yeah. Very, very similar to Sam, I guess. Um, I absolutely love stalking them. Uh for me, a lot of it, a lot of well, cart fishing in particular, um, is I have this thing in my head where I like to catch them on my own terms. Um, and it's pretty similar to what to what Sam has sort of uh, alluded to already. Um but, yeah, if, if I can um, get them feeding in the edge, um, for me, that's that's a massive bonus anyway. I love to create a situation uh, where I get the fish feeding. And if I can watch that and see it all happen, I get a huge buzz from that anyway. As uh, many times I've, I can go to a lake and I can just bait little spots and I can just sort of lie there on the water's edge and watch for ages and ages, watch the fish come in and out, in and out, um, taking baits as they go um in some instances i could it's quite sad saying this but i'd be happy sort of uh doing that and and, and not drop a rod in um i just love the whole process um so get, getting the fish to feed there's i think there's an art to it and getting them comfortable to come in and repeatedly take baits um especially in in a spot that they probably might not go to to feed as well somewhere in the edge they might be sort of like cautious um it might it might be unnatural to them to feed there. They can, they can be on edge, and to actually create that that feeding scenario for me is like a, a big part of it. It's almost manipulating the fish. It sounds a bit daft, but I, I take a lot of pleasure from that. Um, there's a lot of times I've I've, I've been fishing with friends, um, and they think I'm mad because I'll, I'll quite happily go around a lake doing this sort of stuff uh, all day, where I could sort of like nick a bite or maybe two. Um, and I've probably not banked as many fish as I could have if I had done sort of like the bait and weight. Um, but it's for me, it's, it's yeah, catching them on my terms, I guess, and that's part of the enjoyment of fishing.
1: Yeah, especially when you know it's. I, I think that's why floater fishing so exhilarating, isn't it? Because you can you can normally see which one it is, especially if it's one of the better fish you want when that back starts popping mm-hmm. out of the water.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I love I love floater fishing, definitely. Especially, it can be very frustrating as well at times. I can't. Yeah, I do. You know what? I I am not the best floater angler. My conversion to takes and sort of landing fish um, in my head, anyway, isn't fantastic. I think everybody has frustrations with it. Um, Mm. But yeah, it can be mightily frustrating. If I can get a a rig on the bottom and watch them come in and take that, I'm um, a lot more confident. Anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's the style I'd go down. A sort of sneaky little trap in the margin is definitely my preference, but equally, like Sam was saying, when you are when you have got rods on a spot and you start to see fish showing, or even just out of the bleep, you just get that blistering take with sort of no um, prior warning, mm-hmm. no single bleep, no shows. Christchurch was um, renowned for that as well as a, a funny place. You'd have loads of fizz in over your spots and you think, right, game on it, we're gonna get a take any minute. The fish will be showing. And it would just go completely dead, nothing for a few hours, no shows, no signs, and you just get a take out of the blue. It's strange how it seemed to go on there. Are
0: you are you still fishing, uh, Christchurch?
1: Uh, no, no. So I didn't I didn't get a syndicate ticket or anything like that. So uh, I, my last session was probably what, two weeks before the lockdown, so uh, middle of, middle of March, something like that. Mm.
0: how long have you fished it for
1: only um i started sort of january last year i think it was but it was i've probably only done if i sat down and worked out maybe 20 nights on there, Uh. 18 nights not very many because i didn't fish from sort of may until october um so yeah but had a few but it's yeah so a nice lake but obviously really busy
0: yeah yeah Have you found, so I mean I've never done like a real super busy circuit style water, have you found that your angling had to change to any great degree?
1: Um, When it was really busy, yes, because obviously watercraft would almost be out the window, Mm. so it would be a case of just slotting in wherever you could. Mm. But on most of those times, I ended up catching anyway. I think, again, because that, back to that pressure sort of topic that we were talking about, I think it just pushed the fish into the quieter area, even though it wasn't sort of, um, air quotes, a fancied area. Mm. I think if you approached it a bit different and were just sort of quiet, you know, small small leads, small, tiny bit of bait, just, you know, being subtle, I seem to catch. Yeah, so... Yes I suppose it did sort of change my angling but it's sort of I don't know it's a funny one isn't it like it took the equation of well, where am I going to go I I can't get a few spots going and walk round it's a case of just slotting into wherever but those swims that do get left alone on there they obviously they don't
0: do as many bites but the bites that they do seem to be the better fish yeah and and as Far as I'm aware, I mean, I'm not tuned into the place at all, but from what I've heard, a lot of people are just going small, small bait, like as in not much bait out there and small baits. Is is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But so, again, um, yeah, I I was just using a 10 mil, um, like scent from hell, like they call it like a bait topper, just one of those with a bit of um, plastic corn on top mm. and just doing that very small hook, yeah, just uh, and small bits. But obviously, I think. It's like anything, it goes in cycles. The fish get battered on a certain method or a certain approach and yeah. it just switches off. See, and then it, yeah, it'd go back to a load of boil. So just boily fishing would do well on there. So it's just, it's cyclical, isn't it? Everything in life is cyclical, isn't it, really?
0: Yeah, like that, just hearing that, I would just go in there with, with like 24 millers, loads of them. I would just totally go the opposite way and I'd be really confident. Um, yeah don't get me wrong i might you know fall on my backside and and it might not work but i just think these venues that get so caught up and it's like no you've got to have small baits got to be got to be tight baiting approach as well you know like um i don't know i don't know i think people can be a a kind of victim of the so-called going method um when you go like polar opposites often it can really work well
1: yeah, I spoke um, a couple of times to Ian Paul on some previous episodes, and he said the same about oh, obviously he fished it way back when. Obviously, he yeah. had a fish named after him, but he said they were using tiny, tiny short hook lengths um, to the point where, on like, a solid bag, like when they got the fish in, the lead was almost in his mouth as well, sort of, you know, inch yeah. and a half, two inch yeah. hook length. Um, but obviously, when I was fishing it, I was using a massive long boom. I think I measured one of them um on a little tiny pop-up and it's like the boom was about fourteen inches long, mm. just with a big heavy lead. Um so yeah, completely that. They just get battered on a method and
0: then you just have to adapt, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even know he fished it, to be honest. Yeah. I'm so out of I don't follow that side of things. Did he have petals? Was yeah. it back then?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think in fact I think that might have even been his P B said. Yeah. Um, Nice. Yeah, he had a he had fish named after him. And I say there's there's an episode where he talks about it. But yeah, obviously, an, him being a, a brilliant floater angler as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think him and John Finch, Banks I Tackle, they both caught a hell of a lot out of there back in the day. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah. So what I will do is well, while we're in lockdown, I've been asking people um, mm. any netflix or amazon prime recommendations
0: i got a few Pornhub recommendations i don't know if uh... yeah i think that i think everyone's exhausted that <laughs> do you know what i was on a uh this, going off on a tangent you can cut this out if you want don but i was going on i went on a mastermind call part of a uh i'm part of a like a business mastermind type thing so it's basically yeah. a pretentious kind of thing but uh yeah and we were saying oh, we didn't know if there was like lockdown porn yet but there is and it's rife like corona, <laughs> corona porn with the masks and, like ch- chi- Chinese, Chinese women and stuff yeah it's it was like wow jumped <laughs> jumped on it's that difficult. train quick yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's, and it's like anything any sort of cheesy social media post, oh, yeah. you know they're just getting on it aren't they oh, currently yeah. so yeah we get it oh yeah Come on. yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> yeah anything pete have you got any netflix recommendations
2: um so i'm currently catching up um with the walking dead so i'm on season nine right. uh, but i think that one's quite exhausted of everyone uh a good one i think it's um i think it airs on sky but it's definitely sort of on uh, netflix and things is strike back i don't know if you've seen that it's like a, a special ops sort of a uh, army type military um tv program oh, okay um, i like stuff like yeah i saw so it's definitely worth a watch uh, it's been going for a number of seasons now so i think you've got like six seven seasons um but they they released them there's quite a gap between seasons um so i think in the original cast well i don't know it was yeah probably uh, like 10 years ago maybe um but yeah, it's a good one anyway. Uh, I'd recommend that for anyone.
1: Okay. Do you watch any of the um, SAS stuff, the Who Dares Wins,
2: the Middleton? Have you seen any of Do that? Do you know what? I haven't, no. No. That's <laughs> quite funny. And, another one I've watched as well, which I think has been done to death, but I've only caught up with it late, is um, Suits. I don't know if you've watched Suits. Oh, the missus enjoys it Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a girly one. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. That was a, that was a good. Either have you seen Ozark? Oh, I
0: saw that advertised. It came up as suggested for me. Well, I didn't. Is it good? Yeah.
1: Yeah, really good. Uh, really well written. Yeah, I've, I've said this on a few podcasts, so I keep it sweet. But yeah, watch it. Mm. Um, that's a definite from me. I'm trying to think of what other series I've seen. That good. I've
0: started watching, uh, well, I watched Stranger Things not so long ago, which I actually thought oh, was yeah. very good. Really, really good. Um, right. But I'm partway yeah. through with my girlfriend. I, I we, have to have like you know together time um so so, yeah. so we watch at the night of the night time um american horror is it american horror story something like that i think it's been going for oh, right. a while okay. that's good um the first one is very good we're like we're on season number three right now um right. the first season very good i think it's american horror story american horror show something okay. like that
1: uh, is that on netflix
0: yes netflix um the the icon the, the the picture is a woman screaming with a key through her mouth if anyone's looking for it uh okay. but that's very good the first season amazing very very good um two since that not as good in my opinion but yes
1: okay yeah that's the trouble isn't it with the series they tend to tail off don't
0: they mm. it's been going since 2011 so, uh, it's okay. yeah, it's quite old. I'm probably late on it, um, yeah. but
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that Ozark, I think season three has just come out, and season two was really good. It's, it's, there was no sign of it slowing up. I think uh, season three will also be good, but yeah, well, I just it's getting the time to do it, isn't it? Especially if you're a business owner, um, and obviously, Pete, you've got three say, three kids, mm-hmm. it's finding the time to do it, and when you do sit down. It's it's almost a commitment to get into something, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I find that's the worst part because then you, you start binge watching and then it's sort of late at yeah. night and then you're digging yourself a a hole with this like cycle of tiredness, but you're desperate to watch it. <laughs> it's terrible.
1: I <laughs> see, I'm weird. I'd sort of get I might get a season or two into something and just stop. I don't know what happens. Life gets in. I, I've realised I can never really switch off, which I know isn't a, a good trait. But I don't know. Do you find that Sam with with business and stuff, or I suppose if you are you, you're more sort of in the health and almost well-being space. Mm. Are you quite uh, aware of that? Do you- yeah.
0: No. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm very aware of it, and I'm I'm still awful. Like actually, uh, uh, to be honest, I had a little bit of a ding dong with my my uh, my partner, my girlfriend earlier. I I can't. Like I just can't leave it. Like I'm always on my phone. I'm glued to my phone, which was, which is what annoys her. <laughs> I'm just always on. Like I'm like it, it's uh, it's something that, you know, um, my my focus wants to go towards business all the time, all the time, mm. and it's and it's not good. It's unhealthy. I try and I can schedule in all these downtimes as much as I want for me. At this point in my life, I'm very kind of type A driven. I'm just. There's a large part of me that's just like this it's pointless me watching this. <laughs> I could be doing something productive right now. Let's just yeah. let's just do 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 do. Um yeah. it's just awful, which is kind of how I am with my fishing these days as well. Um yeah. but yeah. it's not good. We need our downtime, it's important. Um it's something, it's a lesson I'm constantly teaching myself, to be honest. Yeah, but also on that note, I mean, from a business point of
1: view. If it's something you love doing, and I know it's a bit cliche and a bit cheesy, it's I like doing the business stuff. I like doing this podcast stuff. I, I'll happily sit on my phone like for an hour after and just plug this podcast a bit, you know, make connections with people mm-hmm. on Instagram. I enjoy doing that, and then like, I'll I'll sit and I'll I'll flick through say Amazon Prime for probably twenty minutes, and I think I don't really want to watch anything. I just <laughs> end up going to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So he, it's, yeah, I think, I think people sort of, like, so your girl, so for example, does your girlfriend run her own business or is she employed?
0: Uh, she's employed by me. She, uh, right, okay. she she basically does about an hour of work a day and uh, gets paid yeah. a lot of money for it. <laughs> yeah. <paid. laughs> and, and and she actually quit today <laughs> as it happens. All oh, right. right. D- well, after the argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, she, she, she. Oh, she nice. No, yeah, yeah. Genuinely she she does more than an hour a day, that's not fair. Um she she, she does a few hours a Good day. Yeah, does Um and uh <laughs> no and uh, no, no, yeah, she she uh she doesn't anymore. She's a free bird, she <laughs> she gets everything. Um brilliant. Um one question I want to ask
1: before I forget, like a rotary letter style yeah. um I can ask to both of you. Hmm. Um so it was Matt uh, Matt Brzezinski that asked it, and it's if you could catch any fish from like either past or present, so dead or alive, which one would it be? So Sam, if
0: you uh, go first. That's honestly, it's such a hard question because I mean, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier on. Um, I really feel this need to